It's easy when the lights are on. Turn them off. What do you got? If it's not hard, there's the door. Work hard. Get better. It's simple. Practice doesn't make perfect. No. Perfect practice makes perfect. It's there for the take. Tannehill will throw it. We may not have it all together, but I believe together we can have it all. And this will end it. Can't lose on three. One, two, three. Can't lose. And we're going around. Circling. And you got Gronkowski. Didn't have the eye there. You've tuned in to the Two Sweet Sports Podcast. And speaking of sweet, here's the man of the hour, Colton Pickard. Week 14 in the NFL was a wild one. The Texans' nine-game winning streak came to an end. The Patriots lost on a last-second miracle against the Dolphins. And the Chiefs pulled out an overtime win against the Ravens and so much more. Thanks for tuning in to the Two Sweet Sports Podcast. A lot happened over the weekend, including college basketball's number one overall team losing. And that's where we're going to start. The Gonzaga Bulldogs fell to number seven Tennessee Volunteers on Sunday in the Air Force Reserve Jerry Colangelo Classic 76-73. With 24 seconds left, Admiral Schofield hit a three-pointer to put the Vols up by three. With 24 seconds left in the game, helping the Vols topple the top-ranked Bulldogs. Schofield took over the game. In the second half, he scored 25 of his 30 points, and he carried the Vols to win And the, without the former SEC Player of the Year, Grant Williams, on the court for the last two and a half minutes. Phenomenal game by the entire Vols team, including Admiral Schofield. Just balled out. Uh, the Tennessee Vols had an opportunity to beat the Kansas Jayhawks earlier in the year, they fell just short, had a fantastic game, showed they could hang with the big dogs, came in against number one Gonzaga with a chance to win, they knew they had a chance to win, and they came out, they played a lot of hard-nosed, great basketball, some Tennessee basketball, physical basketball, stuff Rick Barnes likes to see. It's the first time Tennessee head coach Rick Barnes has beaten a number one team, which is kind of surprising seeing where he came from. He's had a long career with... Clemson, and most notably Texas, but nonetheless, this Tennessee team definitely looks like an Elite Eight team and possibly Final Four team. I think they have a real possibility in competing with possibly Duke and Kentucky. I think they're the front runners they have to be for the SEC championship, so we'll see. Tennessee moves on to play Memphis this Saturday, and Gonzaga will look to bounce back against North Carolina this Saturday as well. Now, on to the lone college football game of the weekend. Many people seem to be less interested in this game than years prior. Or at least in my opinion, that's what it seemed like. Army took on Navy this past Saturday in their annual matchup, and it was another low-scoring affair. Army dominated this game, as many people expected them to. They scored an early touchdown in the first quarter, and it looked like Army had an opportunity to run away with it. But Navy's defense was able to keep them close. Uh, they kept the team afloat and gave the team a chance to come back throughout the game. Ken Niamatololo's offense, uh, I, they stalled the entire game. They look like they've, how they've looked all season. Terrible. 3-10 and ten now. Uh, just an overall bad football team. Bad season. Uh, 
They got a lot of work to do. Uh, they trailed by 10 heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, they had an opportunity to come back and tie and even win the football game after scoring a touchdown, make it 10 to 7. But Army ended up pulling away 10 or 17 to 10. This was a pretty fun game. Each year I enjoy watching these games. Uh, the two teams just pound the ball down your throats and dare you to stop them. And I mean, this year Navy didn't have much success with that. So I don't know if their coach is going to be gone. Will they keep a triple option offense? Uh, Navy or Army brought in a new coach, and they still kind of kept their offense around. It's worked out for them. Ten win season. And they only lost by seven against Oklahoma, so it's definitely working for Army. But this offseason, Navy is going to have to look into some things and try to figure some stuff out heading into next season. All right, moving on from that, we're going to go into more some more football, some NFL football, starting in Cleveland, where the Browns win their fifth straight game of the season behind Baker Mayfield's 238 yards and a touchdown. Hugh Jackson has shown how bad he's a coach without actually coaching. In 40 games, Hugh Jackson won three games with the Browns. One, how the heck does a guy coach 40 games and win just three? Two, how the heck does the Browns front office allow Hugh Jackson to coach 40 games with just winning three? Forget the third one. Because the third one came early this year, a few weeks before he got fired. Two games. Really one game before this. It's unbelievable. I don't know. Since Hugh Jackson's been fired from the Browns, they have won three of their last five games, losing to just the Chiefs and the Texans. So, I mean, if you put two average teams in replacing the Chiefs and Texans, they might win all five. They might go 5-0 and since he's been fired, but... That's just something to think about. What the heck has the Browns been doing? Hugh Jackson's a joke. Greg Williams isn't that great of a coach, but Hugh Jackson is making him look like a freaking genius. I wouldn't be surprised if Greg Williams gets an offer to be the head coach next year and in the coming years. I don't know how good he's going to be with the Browns, but if they go out and... They got a chance to win the division, folks. The Browns have a chance to win the division. But, anyways, we'll move on from that. Uh, not only has Hugh Jackson not won with the Browns since he's joined the Bengals, they haven't won a single game. Hugh Jackson is a curse. I've decided Hugh Jackson's a curse. The Bengals had an opportunity to win the AFC North this year. And then Hugh Jackson came in, and they've lost to the Ravens, Browns, Broncos, and Chargers. They were 5-4, and four, and now they're 5-8, and eight, and they'll probably lose their last three games. They got a good chance to lose all three games against the Raiders, Browns, and Steelers. Steelers trying to win a playoff spot. Uh, speaking of that, the Raiders got the upset of the weekend. 2-10 and ten Raiders beat the Steelers, who are now 7-5-1. They lead the AFC North by half game. Over the Ravens. The Ravens had a chance to win against the Chiefs. We'll get to that in a second. But they now have to play the Patriots, Saints, and the Bengals to end their season. So that Bengals game is going to be an interesting one. Coming down to the final game of the season, it could 
ultimately decide who's going into the playoffs. It could be the Browns, Steelers, or the Ravens, really. With a win, the Steelers would have had an opportunity to separate themselves from the Ravens a little bit and a long shot to get the second seed and a possible first-round bye. But they would have had to beat the Patriots next week. But now, they might not even make the playoffs. And they could lose out and not win their division. The Ravens will finish the season with the Bucks, Chargers, and the Browns, so all winnable games. But still, Chargers are good. Browns are playing pretty good. So we'll have to see. They have a chance to take the lead in the AFC North, but they fell to the Chiefs in overtime this past Sunday. Patrick Mahomes, phenomenal once again. A no-look pass for probably the play of the weekend, maybe the year. A lot of people were spectacle to say that that no-look pass wasn't real. But after replays, the you saw the Ravens linebacker. I don't know who it was, but he stuck his hand up in the opposite direction. So at that point, you know Mahomes was looking the other way. It's pretty phenomenal how he did that. Uh, with the Chiefs' late touchdown in the fourth quarter to tie it, and they kicked an overtime field goal to eventually win. With the Chiefs playing as well as they have right now, uh, can a team win in Kansas City? Can a team win in Arrowhead? Uh, I'd like to see if the Chiefs are as good in Arrowhead as the Saints are in the Superdome. That could come down to our two championships for the NFC and the AFC in the Superdome and Arrowhead. That'll be interesting. I know the Titans went into Arrowhead last year and got a win over Kansas City, but this is a completely different Kansas City team. If this year's Titans team goes into Arrowhead and plays this Kansas City Chiefs team, they have no chance. There's no way they pull out a win. I don't think. I don't think Mariota's near as good as Mahomes. I don't think the Titans' defense is near as good as the Chiefs. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they have a chance. I don't think really any team has a chance. Maybe, maybe the Patriots. Maybe the Patriots. But I don't see it. I don't know. We'll have to see, though. I don't see a team going into the Superdome, though, beating the Saints either. The Rams, they have a high-powered offense, but they only scored six points. In Chicago, this this uh this Sunday night, and they were they were kind of exposed. The Bears kind of exposed them. So we'll get to that in a minute. But I don't know. I think if it's down to Chiefs and Arrowhead and Saints in the Superdome, I think that will more than likely be your Super Bowl matchup. Uh, they're on the Chiefs are on fire. They've basically locked up the one seed now. With the Patriots losing, they had a chance. The Patriots had a chance to fight and have an opportunity to get that one seed, but they needed to win out. And now the Chiefs have to lose two games out of the last three. And I don't see how that's possible. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, the Patriots had a chance to keep it within one game, but in the final seconds, they blew it and gave it up to gave up the Miami miracle, which was the play you heard in the intro. Phenomenal play. Uh, I don't know who decided to put Gronk back near the goal line. If that was Belichick or one of the assistant coaches, I don't know. Maybe Gronk volunteered. It's a terrible idea. You got to put Josh Gordon back there, somebody that's somewhat fast. Gronk is big. Yeah, he's big. He can knock down a Hail Mary. Uh, he could 
probably make a tackle if he can get his arms on somebody. Uh, but he's clumsy, slow. He's a, I mean, he's a tight end, for crying out loud. I don't know why you would put a tight end to try to prevent a touchdown unless you know 100% they're throwing the ball deep, which he didn't, and they obviously didn't throw it deep. So what was the deal, is my question. Why? I don't know. Uh, why? That's just a terrible decision. But, you know, that's what the Patriots went with. They suffered because of it. I mean, you could put a defensive back back there. Surely they had a decent-sized defensive back that could have jumped just as high as Gronk. Uh, Josh Gordon, much faster than Gronk. Uh, probably could have gotten to the tackle. Unlike Gronk, where Gronk stumbled. Uh, Josh Gordon probably could have gotten to the tackle. Uh, I don't know if he could have tackled him, but he could have definitely slowed him up to give somebody an opportunity to catch up from behind. Uh, put a big defensive back back there, a linebacker. They know how to tackle. They know how to approach a tackle. They know how to cut their angle to get to a tackle. So, I don't know. The Patriots kind of blew their opportunity, but it looks like they might fall into the two-seed. But we'll see. There's some four-loss teams. Uh kind of hanging around, so it's really anybody's game in the AFC, uh, NFC it's kind of decided, two eleven and 2 teams Rams, Saints but there are a couple teams kind of pushing for that spot, some teams competing but I don't think anybody's going to catch the Saints or the Rams no matter how good they are uh, right now the Bears, Cowboys, Seahawks, and Vikings. Well, not even the Vikings. It's really just the Bears have a chance in getting a two-seed or one-seed, really. Two games behind both the Rams and Saints now, after the win over the Rams. Cowboys on fire, all the way up to 8-5, first in their division, trying to clinch that NFC East division this weekend. But we'll see. It's not for me to decide. It's for my good friend AJ to decide. How you doing, AJ? Hey! All right, AJ. Uh, what what teams do you think are going to win the divisions this year? Uh, who do you think is going to be in the top two seeds in both divisions or both conferences? I believe that it's going to be the L.A. Rams and the New Orleans Saints. All right. Clearly. That's uh, clearly in... Obvious pick for the NFC. What about the AFC? Not too sure. The AFC is doing decent. They're not doing so good this year, though. This is not their best year. Well, you got the Chiefs over there. Uh, they're like 11-2 and two or something like that. Performing really good. They're playing a lot uh, of good football. The the Patriots, of course, they're there every year. Patriots, obviously, yeah. And I, also, Patriots and the Tennessee Titans. Well, I don't know about the Titans. Oh, come on, you ain't no Titans fan? No, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can pull for the Titans in this situation. What about the Browns? Oh, how about them Brownies, baby? They got a chance to win the division. <laughs> they do. They they have a chance. Uh, if the Steelers continue to choke and the Ravens can't find a way to win, they got a chance to win the division, the AFC North. They're actually doing decent, decent this year because they got Baker Mayfield, who is – an amazing quarterback. He's pretty good. 
probably the best that the Browns have ever had. Yeah, I'd say that's probably a good call there. They haven't had great quarterbacks in the past, so Becker Mayfield probably a top three quarterback all time in that Browns team, uh, at least since coming back to the league in '99. Oh yeah, definitely. Probably number one though. Most definitely number one. But uh, yeah, how about them Cowboys? The Cowboys—they're on a roll. Uh, they're now leading. Two games in the NFC East over the Eagles and Redskins. You think they got a chance to pull away? Oh, uh, depends if they don't choke. What do you mean choke? You act like they choke. They choke sometimes. Some... They, got lucky. they got lucky against uh, who they played last week. The Saints? The Eagles? The... Mm. Well, they played the Saints on Thursday Night Football two weeks ago. That's what it was. They didn't get lucky. They got lucky. Drew Brees has nothing on Dak Prescott. I don't know what the heck the Saints were doing. They just decided, oh, it's Cowboys. We're going to take it easy on them. We're not going to play as hard as we usually do. Guess, guess what happened? They got beat by the Cowboys. Well, what, well uh, I mean, I think the Cowboys right now are the better team. They're the hotter team. Uh, definitely. I will say this. Cowboys has some uh, talent on their team. They got... Dak Prescott and all that—they're doing good. I'd say they probably have one of the top three defenses in the league right now. Yeah, they got some pretty good. They're on, They're playing really, really well. Shut down the Saints and the Eagles in back-to-back weeks. That they um, did. That they did. Impressive performances. What about the the Rams? They lost fifteen to six Sunday night football against the 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 Bears in Chicago. Oh man, was that when was that? Sunday. <laughs> oh, man, I was busy Sunday, man. I, I didn't get a chance to watch that. I was too busy watching the Tennessee basketball game. Oh, yeah. How about them Vols taking down number one Gonzaga? We've already uh, talked about here, that here on the podcast, but do you, do you have any thoughts about that? Oh, man, man. I was so excited when I was watching Tennessee go against Gonzaga. Ooh, I was, my heart was pounding. I was getting so excited. And then once that final buzzer came, we freaking won against number one Gonzaga. How about that? The the Vols have had some some wins against number one teams in the past. Memphis, uh, they've beat a number yep. one Kansas team before. Yeah, uh, Kentucky. For this generation, they, this is really the first time they've seen success on the basketball court in terms of Tennessee beating a top ranked team. Oh, uh, yeah. What does it mean to the program to get this win? Oh, it means a lot to these to these boys. I mean. They've been wanting for this win for a while. I mean, it means a lot to these boys. All right, AJ, I'll let you go now. Thanks for coming on the podcast. You are very welcome. All right, thanks again, AJ, for coming on the podcast. Uh, hopefully we'll get to see you again soon. Uh, moving on, uh, the, the Cowboys defeated the Eagles. The Eagles had an opportunity to tie the Cowboys for the chance to take the lead in the NFC East. They failed. Lost in overtime, 29-23. Amari Cooper, three touchdowns in the game, including a touchdown in overtime to lift the Cowboys over the Eagles. Uh, 217 receptions, or 217 receiving yards on 10 receptions. That's amazing. The Cowboys defense once again shut down the Eagles offense. I believe that's the Cowboys' second win. Over the Eagles this year, uh, did they sweep the 
the Eagles this year? They did. They did sweep the Eagles. Wow. Phenomenal. Oh, what, a, what a season from the, the Cowboys. They started off slow. Looked like they were not going to do very well. But they've came along since bringing in Amari Cooper. Their offense has sparked. Their defense is playing really, really well. They got a lot going for them. The defense was able to shut down the Eagles' offense for most of the game. Prescott threw 42 completions on 52 attempts, 455, three touchdowns, two interceptions. QBR is only 61.7. Uh, 455 in the yard column, uh, you'd think it'd be a little higher, but it's not. Only that. Only 61.7. Zeke, 28 carries for 113. His longest carry was 20 yards. And, of course, like I said, Cooper, 10 receptions, 217 yards, three touchdowns with the longest on a 75-yard bomb. Uh, Blake Jarwin for the Cowboys. May have solved the Cowboys' tight end problems. Seven receptions, 56 yards, longest 22 yards. Every time Prescott threw the ball to him, he caught it. Seven targets, seven receptions. Uh, Blake Jarwin could be the future for the Cowboys at tight end. 6'5", 260. Came out of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma State for college. He's in his second year. Looking really good. 14 receptions in his career on 18 targets. 135 yards. Looking pretty good. Looking pretty good. Don't be surprised if you see him in the stat column more often. Don't be surprised if he's playing a lot more football in the future for the Cowboys. But the Cowboys, they're hot. They're hot going to the last three weeks of the season. Three straight noon games. Kind of surprising. The Cowboys, you see them a lot on America's Game of the Week on, on Fox. That 3 o'clock, 3.30 schedule. Or Sunday Night Football. But they got... At Colts, at home against the Bucks, and then at the Giants. The Giants playing pretty well. Also, they're five and eight. Just beat the Bears and Division Rival Redskins in back-to-back weeks. They beat the Bears 30-27 in East Rutherford. Uh, that was kind of a surprising win for a lot of people. If the Bears win that game, they have a chance to possibly get that number one seed in the NFC. They'd only be one game back, but with that loss, they sit two games back. Uh, the Giants beat the Redskins 40-16. to Barkley rushed for 170 yards. Uh, Saquon Barkley looked absolutely phenomenal. Looked like, uh, in my opinion, Adrian Peterson in a lot of ways. It showed a lot of a lot of Adrian Peterson traits, uh, 14 carries, 170, and just one touchdown. Eli Manning, 197 in passing yards with three touchdowns. Uh, they the, the Giants' defense shut out the Redskins for the first three quarters, allowing 16 points in the fourth. I stopped watching it when it was 40-0 to zero in the third. Started watching some other games, but... Well, the Redskins, they're not good without Alex Smith. I'll just say that. They're not good without Alex Smith. They're going to have to figure something out if they want to compete next year. They're done this year. 
they might as well just try to tank and get the best draft pick they possibly can. Packers, moving on to the Packers. 34-20 win over the, the Falcons. I don't know what's happened to the Falcons. I thought the Falcons had an opportunity to compete with the Saints this year for that NFC South spot uh, in that division. But it's not turning out to be like that. 4-9 and nine on the year. Lost by 14 in Green Bay after McCarthy gone. McCarthy had a an appropriate tribute thanking Green Bay. Uh, ultimate professional move out of that, out of Mike McCarthy there with that move. Aaron Rodgers looked good. Aaron Rodgers looked really good. He got a 22-yard rush and uh, for a first down, and then a fight broke out. So, Packer team showing a little fight now, five and seven and one. Uh, first win under Philbin as head coach. Philbin looking to make his mark in Green Bay. Uh, Rodgers, 196 and two touchdowns. Nothing really special there, but. They were able to come out and get the win over Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Going back to that Sunday night football game, the Rams and the Bears. The Rams looked like the St. Louis Rams. Uh, Jared Goff, not good. Not good. 180 yards, four interceptions, no touchdowns on the night. Uh, A lot of people were attributing that to the Southern Cal guys played, played in Southern California. His entire collegiate career, or most collegiate career, of course, with road games and such, but played in Southern California, went to the Rams, played in L.A. his entire NFL career, then gets to Chicago on a cold, windy night, and just can't get anything going. Can't get anything going. Four interceptions. Uh, one on a Hail Mary to end the half. Uh, he is sacked for a safety. Not good. Not good. Mitch Trubisky, though, on the other hand, did not look good either. 110 passing yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. Mitch Trubisky did not look good either. Uh, Jordan Howard carried a lot of that load for that offense for most of the night. 101 yards, 19 carries. Todd Gurley on the other side, 28 yards on 11 carries. Not, I don't know. They just couldn't get anything going in Chicago. 61,000 full sold-out crowd in Chicago for this game. It was, a, it was a great crowd for Sunday Night Football. The The Bears improved to 9-4. and four. The Rams fall to 11-2. and two. Now that one seat is wide open between the Saints and Rams and possibly the Bears if both Rams and Saints fall apart in the end. For the final game today, Monday Night Football, last night, Seahawks, Vikings, Defensive battle, uh, Seahawks trying to get into the playoffs, Vikings trying to get in the playoffs, Vikings not looking very good to finish out the season, Kirk Cousins was thought to be a guy who could come in there and help that offense, help get them over the hump, get them into the playoffs, get them competing with the Rams and Saints and teams like that, but it looks like they're not going to have that opportunity this year. Kirk Cousins. Not looking good. He looked all right last night. He looked all right. 208 yards and a touchdown. Uh, much better than Russell Wilson. 72 yards and one interception. They did not look good, but a pick six did help the Seahawks come away with that win. 
All right, moving on to that, or from that, we'll go with my, we're going to go into NFL power rankings real quick. Teams I think are my, my top five teams in the league right now. Uh, I, I'm going to go with one, the Saints. They won 28-14 this weekend over the Bucks. They're currently the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, the Rams opened that door with their loss in Chicago, of course. Uh, and the Saints need to slam it shut. They got victories against Carolina and at home against Pittsburgh and Carolina again to end the season. They have a really good opportunity of doing that. They got a chance to go 3-0, and but that Pittsburgh game right there in the middle in the Superdome, that should be a good one. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Pittsburgh not looking good. Uh, hopefully they're looking to make it entertaining. Saints not looking to do that. They're looking to pull away. So we'll see where they finish. Uh, they're trying to get their first number one seed since 2009. Since 2009. My number two team in the power rankings is the Kansas City Chiefs. 11-2. and two. Uh, A win over the Chargers on Thursday night. This Thursday is ideal. Uh, they need to get that to uh, clinch their AFC West title and basically lock in their f- number one seed in the AFC. Uh, if they lose to the Chargers, the Chiefs will have to put in all their energy in the final two games to reach both of those goals. Uh, if they lose to the Chargers, both teams will be 10-3. and three. <laughs> Kind of surprising where the Chargers are at. Number three, the Rams. My power rankings, the Rams. Uh, Their goal is a Super Bowl, obviously. I think they can reach that. Uh, A lot of people are saying this is a Super Bowl or bust season now. I don't think so. They've already clinched the NFC West for the second straight season. Uh, They'll have an opportunity to rest some of their players at the end of the year. Looking like if they win at least this week, they'll be able to clinch that at least number two seed, depending on what the Saints do. My number four team, I'm going to go with the Chargers, 10-3. and They got a chance to win that AFC West division if they win this Thursday. Uh, I think they're going to move up to the two seed. I think they'll replace the Chiefs. The Chiefs will drop out of the top five maybe maybe fall down to five i don't know we'll see how it goes that's gonna be a fun game uh they're gonna need a healthy melvin gordon to do that though uh healthy melvin gordon's what they're gonna need uh he's been hurt with the sprained right knee but uh i think i think if he comes back they'll have a really good chance to win that game and not only that make a deep postseason run this year i think they got a chance to make a possible super bowl appearance number five my number five team is the Dallas Cowboys, eight and five. I know they don't have the glamour or whatever. They don't have the bad, the good records that some of the other teams do, but they're eight and five, just a game back from what some people would put the Patriots or the Bears or whoever at number five. They're nine and four. Cowboys number five. Uh, fantastic red zone success. They're the hottest team in football right now. Their defense, absolutely phenomenal. Shutting down the Saints and the Eagles in back-to-back weeks. Cowboys offense stalling some. Not great. 
Defense making up for it. They got to go to number five just because of how hot they are. Number five, Dallas Cowboys. All right, that's all from me today. Look forward to doing another podcast with you next week around the same time. Have a fantastic Tuesday. Have a fantastic week. Have a fantastic December. It's going to be a lot of fun. December football. It's going to be great. I love it. You can follow me on Twitter at Pick6Pickard. At Pick6Pickard. The show at Too Sweet underscore sports. Too Sweet Sports on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Have a great week. Thank you.